for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right. I am blue, you are bright and shiny in my mind You got me loving, hating crazy indecision in my mind Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blisey. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and this is episode number 77. And I'm on the phone again by myself today. Justin is still out doing some stuff. He's, he's hunting and he's, he's back seeing some family right now. So uh, he's taking a little break and getting ready for the fall. But today I have a fellow Michigander on, Tyler Bentley, from the Rise Digital Hunting Series on YouTube. So this one's a really cool podcast. We talk a lot about Michigan, but we also get into some out-of-state hunting, such as Missouri. And he got a new lease this year in Missouri, and he's setting that up, and he's going to go out there early season and hunt that over some beans. So it's a pretty cool podcast. Uh, I know it's a little late. I was supposed to have it out Monday, but I had my daughter's birthday this last weekend, and a lot of stuff going on at work with editing and everything. So I'm just trying to get all that stuff uh, squared away. So the podcast, I know it's about a day or two late, but I think you guys will understand. Today's a cool podcast. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. So without further ado, here is Tyler Bentley. All right, on the phone with me today is a fellow Michigander, Tyler Bentley. Tyler, how's it going, man? Good, man. How's it going? Good, good. I, I, you know, I just talked about the the busy week and weekend that I've been having, and obviously we're recording today on Monday, and this should be going out this morning. But I've been jam up, and you and I've been trying to get together the last week, and here we are. So it's going to be a couple days late, but uh, I think everybody will understand. So you know, before. I had one of your 
colleagues, I guess you could say, or one of your your buddies on Alex Nadolski um, of the Rise. And you know, as I've been watching what you guys have been doing on social and on YouTube and everything, and all your content creating, I'm like, man, I need to get this guy on. He's a uh, He's grinding out there, and he's doing a lot of cool things in Michigan. And I see that you're setting up a new farm here in in Missouri, which is cool because I used to, I've hunted quite a bit in Missouri, so I'd kind of like to touch on that as well. But uh, yeah, before we get too far, I mean, I want you to introduce who you are and you know where you're from and what you do for a living here, so everybody can kind of kind of understand. Uh, yeah, my name is Tyler Bentley. I'm founder of uh, the Rise Hunt Bow Hunting Series on YouTube called The Rise. I was born and raised in Michigan, uh, Michigan whitetail hunter, and uh, it's pretty tough hunting around here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So were you born and raised on the east side of the state? Whereabouts are you? Oh, I'm central Michigan. I'm in between about like Flint and Saginaw. It's Genesee County. Okay. Yep. You're in a good good whitetail county for Michigan then. <laughs> yeah, good whitetail county, but way too many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just about anywhere you go around here, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems that way. So, like I referred to earlier, you know, I had Alex Nadalski on one of your your team members from the Rise. Now, can you kind of dive into a little bit of like what the Rise is? You know, it's an online um, bow hunting show that you're doing, but like, what makes it unique? uh you know opposed of everybody else out there like what have you guys done a little differently and and what was your approach with it uh yeah so we wanted to find a a way for us to differentiate ourselves from you know all these other hunting shows in the industry seems like everybody just looks so similar doing the same things you know whispering in a tree stand trying to do something different so uh, a couple years back we came up with this idea and we call it our segment series and what it is it's a hundred days is one day that passes represents one percent of the season and there's seven segments so we break that hundred days down into seven segments and we post them bi-weekly on youtube like basically a youtube segment series is what we call it okay so then you know if you're if you're doing it bi-weekly so are you guys filming for like the whole week you know whoever's out hunting you know you said you got five team members whoever's out hunting are you guys constantly just editing that and and pushing towards one segment until it pushes out the in the the following week that you'd be filming it is that what it is yeah yeah for the most part so basically for example like our first segment this year starting september 15th and that'll go to september 30th so it's roughly like a 14 15 day segment and then we give ourselves, we just normally like round up to the closest, like Wednesday. We try to post them like on Wednesday. Yep. Um, so every team member goes out, you know, films their hunts, films what's going on, you know, whether they have an eventful hunt or not. They put it together in a timeline, submit it to me, and then I master all everybody's footage all into like one segment. Gotcha. So you actually have a delegated like set amount of days. So the first you know, first segment's going to be from September 15th to the 1st of October possibly. And then so the, the next segment would be from October 1st to the 14th. Is that what you're looking for? Exactly. Gotcha. And then you're just breaking it down. So you're actually relying on your guys to be able to at least rough cut it or even get it real close to, to the finished product editing wise, right? Yeah. As much as they can, they're not doing any of the fine tuning. They're more or less just if they go out there, they see a good buck or have a good encounter or, you know, blow a tire on the trailer, whatever it may be, you know, whether it's eventful or non-eventful, they're trying to tell the story the best way they can, put it in a timeline, and then they submit that to me, and then I'll basically master it and fine-tune it and, and try to make it relevant as a story, you know, kind of as a whole, because we're telling 
a story of five guys every week. So it's it's a really complex process, but a lot of work goes into it, but it's it turns out pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it could be a lot of jumping around too because I deal with it as well. I mean, we'll have three, four, five guys in the stand at one time in different states. So it's like trying to figure out what that storyline is and the good way to transition from each, you know, one guy to the next. What I like about it is it's all – sequential order you know what I mean so whatever yeah. happened on November 5th whoever hunted in that day you're gonna see what happened on that day throughout the course of the series you know so that's what's cool about it for me and it's and I think a lot more people you know relate to that because the season isn't all broke up into just like the days that you kill you know there's so much more storyline that goes into the days that you don't you know the days that you're grinding it out like you know you could go 13, 14 days without seeing a shooter buck. And then on the 15th day, you know, a lot of a lot of shows are just showing that 15th day because that's when they obviously took their deer. But it's like, what was the storyline getting to that portion? Right. And that's what I like about it. And I think a lot of people at home can relate to that, like I said, because, I mean, they're out there grinding, you know, and, and it's all about relatability and, um, you know, and it's the hunting season is a grind. You know, we do all this work in the off season and it's just like, it seems like when it gets here, you're like, Oh, I just want to sit in a tree stand and, and enjoy it, which you do, but man, it can be grueling too. You know, I mean, getting skunked, you know, oh, days yeah. after day and, you know, maybe you get that one opportunity and you miss and like, ah, it's just, it's tough, you know, for sure. And that's, that's kind of one of the things we are, we're trying to do with this segment series is, is keep it as relatable as possible. I think last year, might have been segment five or segment six that we didn't have a deer kill on and we showed you know four guys for two segments over 30 minutes of footage or 20 minutes of footage and there was no deer kill there but as much as it's you know we're not trying to lose viewers on you know kill 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 every single segment we want to keep it as real and relatable as possible especially like michigan hunters can definitely relate to going out and and not killing a deer you know a couple times a year you know what i mean so yeah we're we're having fun with it and we're uh we're trying to keep it as real as possible i guess definitely well speaking of michigan hunters i see that you have uh a lot of renovations going to your michigan farm right now according to ig and and youtube and everything so break it down for me man what do, what do you got going on you're putting new blinds in you're putting you know some new food plots in what's the game plan for your michigan farm this year Dude, I'm throwing everything I got at it this year. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like I've already tried everything I'm doing right now, but I'm just trying to just keep going, keep pushing. And and anyone who loves Michigan knows how hard it is to, to try to even hunt a mature deer in Michigan. We're, I mean, just outside of the suburbs. I mean, there's, it's not really the most ideal hunting property, but, you know, where is in Michigan? Everybody that hunts here knows how hard it is to hunt. But right. Um, we put in food plots the last few years and we've done that and, and it just seems like every year we're just making the food plots a little bit bigger or adding a little more bedding and trying to just, you know, keep picking at it and doing more and more we can every year. But this year we, uh, my buddy Matt and I, we just went nuts, dude. We, we, <laughs> we cut all kinds of trees down. I mean, we went from like an acre and a half of food there to maybe four and a half, maybe Holy five. Cow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, it was bad. We did a, we did a lot of damage out there and it, it looked kind of scary at first, but uh, it's, it's starting to look better now. I got probably three acres of beans we put in uh, maybe an acre, acre and a half. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of food there. I don't have it all measured out exactly, yep. but um, we're kind of relying on late season. Um, yep. That's kind of what we're hoping for. We thought, you know, every year, 
um, late season. If there's beans, it just seems these deer just pile into these bean fields and you see the neighbors, you know, they cut their beans and there's still deer in them. So, right. Um, Michigan, anyone who knows this year, Michigan was awful for getting food in the ground for farmers. So uh. many farmers didn't plant. There's, if there was ever a year to capitalize on deer food and, and food plots, it's this year, you know, with the baiting ban that's going on. None of these farm fields getting planted. If you can put food plots on your property this year in Michigan, it was going to make a huge difference. Dude, I agree, man. And it's just been dry, dry, yeah. dry, dry. Well, we got a ton of rain, like you said, early. And now it's been so dry. Like I planted three fall plots, I mean, within the last two or three weeks. And I'm just praying right now. I was back there yesterday and like it's starting to pop a little bit, but literally it's popping because of the dew. Luckily, we're getting cold mornings and the dew has been oh, yeah. like so thick and it's actually starting to pop through. So I'm like, okay, this this might work. And we're supposed to get some rain tonight and it's supposed to be 80% chance of rain tomorrow. So man, I'm hoping and praying still that <laughs> these things uh, will pop a little, little bit more and they'll actually butt out. So we'll see. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm in the same boat. All my stuff's pretty much planted and I'm just just hoping for rain. I think everybody is. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, your Michigan farm, break it down for everybody that, you know, obviously can't see it. Paint the best audio picture you can, if you will. Like how big is it? What does it consist of? And, you know, what's your uh what's your basically long term goal for this year for it? So picture about the worst hunting property you can in your head. <laughs> as far as <laughs> as far as like neighbors go, I think I have seven neighbors that touch my piece. Oh wow! Like, all the way around, and they all own like two acre parcels with like a half acre of woods. Yep. And and in gun season, they're all hunting the edges of my property. So just try to think of like the worst possible scenario ever, and that's pretty <laughs> much what I'm hunting. So how many um, acres do you have? Uh, so I have I think it's close to thirty, but there's about twenty or twenty five. Um, just on the south side of the railroad tracks, there's railroad tracks that run all the way down the one side of my property. Okay. So it's kind of landlocked. You know, you have to cross the railroad tracks to get onto my property. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a lot of parcels that, that touch it in the back, but. Yep. So do you live on the property as well? I do not. Um, my mom owns, uh, assisted living homes. We have 18 assisted living homes in Genesee County. Okay. And one of those homes has that big parcel behind it. So I kind of got lucky on that. Gotcha. Okay. So obviously, I mean, you were saying you're touched by every rifle hunter in Genesee County, it sounds like. <laughs> so it's it's hard to get deer to be passed up probably and get to an older age class. So like, what are you, you know, what are you striving to hopefully get, you know, on this property? You're looking for a two-year-old? Are you looking for a three-year-old? Does that not really matter? Like, what's your criteria when it comes to that? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, three, three and a half-year-old in Michigan is a pretty fair realistic is kind of what I'm shooting for for the most part. Um, just because the amount of pressure that's there, you know, you know, QDMA, they say kill the top 10%, you know, or target the top 10%. Well, if I targeted the top 10%, I'd be hunting a one and a half year old every year. There's yep. just, there's just no deer there, unfortunately, just because there's so many hunters and, and stuff like that. But no, I would, I just, I can't bring it. I can't kill a two and a half year old deer, one and a half year old deer and be happy just because I got spoiled hunting out of state my whole life. Yep. <laughs> so, sure. um, 
So yeah, you know, two and a half is probably going to have to walk and three and a half, four and a half is kind of where I'm trying to shoot them. I gotcha. So, I mean, do you have any of those deer that you're, you're targeting? I mean, you don't have to be specific if you don't want, but do you, I mean, are you, are you getting excited? I mean, we're almost the season here. Is there something out there that's, it's worth going for? Yeah, man, definitely. Um, so uniquely enough, there is a deer that I've had pictures of the last few years that I'm hunting this year. Um, we called him Loki. Um, I don't know how many nerds are out there that watch the Avengers and uh, the Marvel series or not, but that's kind of the deer, or that's what we named him after, Loki. Okay. And um, he's actually four and a half this year, and I saw him as a one and a half year old on November 15th, got pictures of him at two and a half, got pictures of him last year at three and a half, and I was going to try to kill him last year. Um, but he was just a deer that was super good at staying alive, didn't live on my property, lived on a neighboring property. He would only come to mind to eat the food plots in the dark and he'd go back to bed. So he was virtually unkillable, I guess. But, um, but yeah, he's four and a half this year and I can't, I couldn't believe it when I got pictures of him that he was still alive. I was, I was mind blown because I haven't got a picture of a four and a half year old deer on my property in, in probably five years. So this is a very unique thing that I have a 20 acre, 20 acre parcel in one of the most heavily pressured areas. And I get to chase after a four and a half year old deer here in Michigan. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's huge, man. Yeah. That's, that's fun because, you know, I've said it before on my podcast here that the properties that I have, I have two Michigan farms and they're about 15 minutes apart and it's two totally different terrains, two totally different, you know, areas to hunt one is all open you know small wood lots and one is big timber forever you know and yeah one has about three bow hunters per square mile the other one's probably got about 15 to 20 bow hunters per square mile so and it's like it's kind of weird i mean the one property is like you're just like oh i hope i see you know a good buck and then you've got three of them show up that's you know 130 or better and you're consistently getting three and a half to four and a half year old deer on camera and in the beans and all that stuff all year and then the other one's like i'm just scraping to to get a couple deer on you know to a three and a half year old that's oh yeah you know and it's just 15 minutes apart and it's the 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 diversity between them is, is just crazy but i I, to, I totally know all about that but the thing is is once gun season comes and you know you grew up in michigan so once november 15th hits man you know, a lot of the areas that I've been in, it's basically a crapshoot. You know, if yes, you don't if you is. don't gun hunt and if you don't kill a buck with your bow before gun season, you might as well take up gun hunting if you don't gun hunt because Pretty it's the only much. way you're going to get an opportunity after the 15th. Now, I'm not saying there's not areas out there that you, you, you can't do that, and you can. There, there's a lot of good areas, but even on, you know, both of my parcels, there's gun hunters on every fence row, every corner, you know, it seems like. So it's just luck of the draw and hopefully those deer hunker down and, and get through another year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with that being said, how you're talking about, you know, hunting after November 15th, I pretty much, you know, give up at that point, unfortunately, because it's so bad. And last year I decided, well, I'll just keep hunting. I'll see what happens through this, the worst time of the year. I'll just keep bow hunting through this and I actually got a look on a, a really good Michigan buck. I think it was like Christmas Eve and I saw him again on Christmas day last year. I think that was in like our sixth segment or fifth segment. And I never hunt those dates, but it was, it kind of, a light bulb kind of came on like, holy cow, these deer that I thought were, I was never going to see again, kind of come back out of the woods around that, those dates and they were hitting the beans. 
Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where this whole idea came from is, you know, maybe if I just transitioned on getting a lot of beans on my property and kind of hunt those dates later in the year, maybe if I can't kill this deer early season, maybe I can late season. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's fun about the hunting. You know, you pick up new things. It seems like every time out, you know, you're always, if you're not asking yourself why or how, or, or what is that deer doing or why they're doing that? I think you might be doing yourself a disservice if that makes sense. Like every time I, I have a buck come out somewhere, it's like, well, why did he come out there? I got to figure that out, like dive a little deeper. And like you said, you never hunt those days around Christmas. Now you know something. It's like, okay, now I got to plant some beans and, you know, hopefully there'll be beans left for them in late season. Um, right. With that being said, you know, right now we're coming up on September 1st and you know, it's, it seems like it's always a scramble for me, like trying to get everything done, get my, my bow ready. You know what I mean? Trying to get your camo and everything, get everything lined out. What's, you know, trying to put the final touches on that, that checklist, you know, right now from a farm perspective, what are you doing right now to gear up for fall? I mean, what are your final, uh, checklists, I guess, on your farm that you're, you're trying to, you know, lock all those doors and try to get all that stuff done right now. So I just actually went out to my property a few days ago and that was the last trip that I planned on making out there. I wanted to give the entire month of September, you know, no pressure at all because when that first cold front strikes in October, you know, when it's last year, it was on like October 2nd, which was awesome. Hopefully we get that again this year, but that first cold front in October, I want to be able to strike. And I want that whole month of September, no hunting pressure. I don't want to drive out there. I don't want to check a trail camera. So I really focused on August this year, you know, to get anything and everything done. You know, everything's planted, everything's fertilized. You know, I got a couple cameras out. I actually was almost considering opting out of running trail cameras this year completely just because I didn't even want to risk that extra 1% of pressure going out to check my cameras. You know, I wanted to keep this farm, the whole 20 acres, just a legit sanctuary for the whole month of September. So, um, right now, actually, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm actually yep. just, uh, ch- chilling at the house and shooting my bow every single day and kind of just, you know, doing the stuff. I mean, it's basically a waiting game at this point, I guess I would say. Yep. Um, so I, um, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty proud of myself that I was actually able to to get everything done and, and let the farm say, I say it every year, I'm not going to go out there in September, but then, you know, September 15th and you're dying to check a trail camera, dying to, <laughs> yeah. dying, dying to do something, but you know, yep. are you, are you doing more harm than good by trying to get that little bit of Intel, but you're also pressuring those deer on that small piece. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm chilling right now. I'm waiting for season. <laughs> yeah. And I agree hundred percent, man. I mean, growing up, it was always September 1st. You got to be out of there. I don't want to set foot in the woods at all. I want everything to be gun, you know, good to go and where I can come in October 1st or like you said, that first cold front and hunt it. Well, what was it? Four years ago, I got this new farm. Um, and like I said, it's a lot of ag and I call it my one acre farm or the main farm. It's the same, same name, same farm, whatever. Well, a lot of ag, little timber, and it's, it's hard to hunt. The access is tough. And um, I don't know if you know Jake Elinger at all from Southern Michigan where he does the, the habitat um, work. He's a consultant for habitat and he'll come in and help you with your farm. Well, he came up and helped me a little bit a couple of winters ago doing some hinge cutting and everything and, and really got me in, you know, set in the right direction. And he was telling me, he's like, it's going to be hard to do, but 
you really got to stay off this farm. And he's like, it's hard to, you know, put cameras out like you were saying and not go check them. And, uh, I just had to train myself last year. I, I literally, I made it, I said, August 1st was the last day I'm going on the farm and I'm not going back in until a cold front. And I did that. It was so hard, <laughs> but I think, I think what was helped me out though is cause I had a, a new baby, um, and she took up all my time, you know what I mean? And yeah. it made it easier to not go out there, but I actually did take on a, something different that I normally didn't do is and it's scouting from a distance like i'd just drive out i'd get seven eight hundred yards away from the farm you know on a different hill on a road and i just through the spotter i would just look for the deer and just see what they were doing just and that kind of took the edge off you know what i mean i still saw the deer even though i wasn't going out checking the cameras you know so that helped out too but man the cold front that hit for us here in this part of michigan was like October 10th and I went in there that morning and I shot a four-year-old and yeah well I I screwed it up I hit him bad um I've been hunting the deer for three years and it was in a morning too and it was cold and it was the front end of the cold front and I shot him hit him high shoulder tracked him for two days and needless to say I, I went through the rest of the season and I saw him a couple more times and and uh, he ended up getting hit by a car on oh. yeah December 18th, right on the edge of the farm. And um, I was I got a salvage tag. I was gonna go get him. And by the time I got out of work and went and got him, somebody had already cut his antlers off. So oh, I still never no, even man. got to see him up close, you know. So that was kind of heartbreaking. But back to my back to my less pressure thing, like you were saying, it is hard to do. Like you said, it is something yeah. that's tough. But if you can do it. And I'm not just saying on these little woodlots, stuff like that. Do it on your farm in general, especially in yeah. Michigan. Just stay the heck out and go in. And first first time in, as usually they always say, it's your best one. And yep. if you can get over that, I mean, that would be my number one thing is, like, just less pressure. I got a buddy right now that lives down in the Lansing area, and he was sending me pictures last night of this. He's got 130, 140-inch nine-point right now that is regular, and he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, stay Stay out of there. Yeah. I said, literally go in one day, hang a stand, make sure all your cameras are good, and do not go back in again until a cold front. He's like, I don't know if I can do that. And I'm like, you got to train yourself because I, I can yep. guarantee you the first couple sits, if you do it the right way, you'll either see him or you'll get an opportunity at him. That's just yep. from my experience. Definitely. And and these deer are getting pushed around right now. Everyone wants to check their camera. Everyone exactly. wants to get, get that last stand hung. Well, if you've got a 20 acre block, that's no hunting pressure. All these deer are getting pushed into it and you're not going out there. Well, you're just telling those deer it's okay to stay here this fall. Right. So, yep. And I understand, you know, a lot of people buy land and they want to enjoy it, you know, ride their four wheelers on it, go out and, you know, go for walks. I totally get that. But I, I guess you kind of got to maybe put a line on it. You know, I'm not going to go back there after August 1st or something, you know, and just, it's just one of those things. If you really want to take the next step in, in hunting and, and doing it the right way and not get so frustrated during the season. There will be frustration. There always will be, but oh, if yeah. you can stay off the farm. It's, it works, man. So, well, I have also seen that you guys, you and Matt especially have been spending a lot of time in Missouri and Iowa. What the heck's up with that? What, what, <laughs> what, do, you, what do you guys got going on? So I've been getting my butt kicked in Ohio the last three years i've been down there hunting public ground and that's that's been whooping me so 
Um, Matt's been a big advocate on, you know, putting in for Iowa points and he loves hunting Missouri and he just loves that whole area out there. And, um, I was looking for a lease this year and Matt's like, man, you know, don't do public ground in Ohio, go to Missouri. I'm like, man, I've never even been to Missouri. You know, I don't know anything about it. How do I pick a lease, you know, living 12 hours away or 10 hours away, whatever it is. And uh, I kind of just rolled the dice. Something popped up online that looked pretty good. Uh, I think it was 86 acres, 90 acres. I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, but it looked pretty good. It was kind of high priced. I bought it online. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. It's a little bit above 2000 I think it might have been like 2200 bucks or something. Okay. So it was a little pricey, but it was one of those things like, I can't really drive 10 hours and go knock on doors and, you know, walk all these properties when I live this far away and work and I was like, man, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to pay the money. It's unfortunate I have to do this, but at least I got my foot in the door out there. So I put a deposit down on this property. Um, the next weekend, drove out there, walked it, and it's phenomenal. It, it looks awesome. I, I cannot wait to, to hunt it. I've been out there twice now since actually since then to put cameras out and to hang stands. And that's kind of the same situation as here. Is I don't, I don't plan on going back out there. I'm not checking cameras, nothing like that. So, but um, yeah, I have that piece that's all set up. And it's, uh, it's ready to go for season. So I'm officially hunting Missouri and Michigan this year. That's my plan. Dude, Missouri, is it Northern Missouri? It is. Yep. Yeah. Northern Missouri, man. I've, I've hunted there for three, four years or whatever. And I've had some good hunts out there. It's great. I love the area. I don't, I don't know specifically where you're at, but Northern Missouri in general is great area. Um, and did, did you, did you buy it without even setting foot on it or like, put it down to that's pretty risky (laughs) yeah i know it was one of those things it was like if i didn't do it then i was gonna find a way to talk my yeah i was gonna talk myself out of it yeah sometimes you gotta take a leap just to just to do it and then (laughs) but it's where i hunted was like exactly 10 hours from where i'm at here in michigan so it is it's it's a heck of an undertaking because i mean you're no matter what you're almost two days of driving there and back you know so it's like you can't even go really on a long weekend unless you take work off. You know, not everybody has that luxury. Um, right. You know, so it's nice. Did you find any locals down there, anything that you can trust that, you know, might be able to, to help you out a little bit? I did. I did for sure. Um, so that was another thing I was worried about, you know, getting out that far, being 10 hours away from home. You know, Matt's got an Iowa tag this year, so I'm going to be in Missouri potentially by myself. Um, so another one of the rise members, uh, Nick Kohili, he's new this year. Uh, he's like, man, I'd love to hunt Missouri. Well, I didn't really want to split, you know, my, just because my lease isn't huge. And if I'm down there for the rut, you know, I don't want to pressure a certain part of the farm. So I didn't really want to split my lease with anyone, but I would love for him to get, you know, somewhere, another lease additionally, maybe, you know, 10, 20 minutes from me. So when I went down to hang stands, he hopped on my, my rainbow bike and went riding down the road. He went door knocking. And, uh, he knocked on the neighbor's door and super nice dude. And we actually sparked a friendship up so much that the last time we went down, we actually stayed right at his house. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Super, super cool dude. They're uh, cattle farmers and they farm a ton of cattle ground. And, um, so Nick, Nick's actually got permission to, to hunt with him this year. So that's pretty that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So we, uh, we can tell the camper down this year from Missouri and, um, 
actually his dad was saying that we can park the camper on their property. We can plug into their power pole. If they need, if we need water, he'll oh, run all out for us. Yeah. We got the hookup. You've got, uh, your cake and you need it too. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, sweet. uh, chaps my ass a little bit though, that Nick got permission for free. And just paid. <laughs> That's the karma for you not letting them get on your leash right there. <laughs> it, it, it was too, but no, I'm excited to, to have a buddy out there and I just can't wait for fall. Yeah. So what's your game plan coming into the fall? Like what's your schedule going to look like? You're going to start in Michigan in October or are you going to go right to Missouri? Um, so I'm filming youth season in Michigan, September 15th and 16th this year. And then we're doing our first trip down to Missouri, September 19th. So that'll be the following weekend of after Michigan's youth season. So we're going to go down on like a Thursday night. I think the guys all got Friday off work head down to Missouri, do a long weekend, hunt Missouri that weekend. Um, the neighbor down there told us that around that time, you know, September 20th, around there, he's had pretty good success. He killed a lot of big deer down there around that time. And uh, we're going to hit that and then come back to Michigan, obviously, on like a Sunday, and then just wait for that first cold front in October to hunt Michigan. I got gotcha. you. You know, and what's your game plan going down there early season? Because, I mean, is that the earliest you've ever hunted is in September? Have you ever hunted in September? Um, I haven't. I uh, I did some filming in September. We used to go out to North Dakota early season. I think it was like the end of August. Season started like the last day of August or something. So a few years ago we went out there and, and hunted North Dakota in early season, and it's definitely different. There's uh, a lot of mosquitoes. It's as hot as crap. It's kind of miserable. but Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, and that's yeah. the thing, like, what's your game plan in, in September? Are you going to try to get on some food? Or are you going to get right tight to some bedding? Like, what, what's your what's your game plan? So my property in Missouri has a little over 50 acres of tillable. So there's quite a bit of tillable there, and everything's planted in beans. So I'm probably going to focus on hunting the edge of these crop fields. That's kind of what I'm hoping on. Yep. Um, I, got, I got a decent piece of timber on the one side and then all that big ag right in the middle. So if I can get set up somewhere in there where the deer are going to be coming to and from food, from bed, you know, probably not moving too far. Um, but that's that's kind of going to be my tactic for, for early season is, you know, hunting those crop fields. Yep. And I, I love early season. Especially, I call early season, you know, in Michigan here, October 1st. You know, I try to get in there. That first week of October, if you can get a deer on his same, you know, pattern, bed-to-food pattern, or, you know, it could be really – beneficial i i try not to hunt mornings unless you've got a a really good access to get in in the mornings because you know a lot of people say and i believe it too is you can do some harm doing that but uh what's your oh, yeah. thoughts on that are you gonna hunt any mornings or or just stick to the evenings so as of right now i definitely don't plan on hunting any mornings um but with that being said i'm also gonna be 10 hours away for two sits you know what i mean so it's kind of like man you know do i do i risk going in and hunting two more mornings i get four sits out you know he drives so far to hunt so um i would say as of now i'm kind of not planning on it but um yeah it it might change once i'm down there and i realize i'm gonna sit you know (laughs) for 10 hours in the camper you know until i get to go out again i don't know right did you ever think to possibly take some more stands and do some ob- observation sits in the morning, something where you're not really blowing up the whole farm, but you're still, you know, have a chance of killing maybe, but, you know, still overlooking everything? Yeah, I did. I did toss that idea around a little bit. Um, when I leased my property, judging by the aerial maps, it looks like, well, yeah, I'll be able to scout a bunch from the road. You know, I can just kind of park, you know, far away and do some scouting. Well, when I got down there, there's like a 10-foot bank 
all the way down the whole side of my property. So you cannot, <laughs> you cannot see in it at all from any roads, like not even close. So I, no matter what, I have to go up and over um, the cattle fence, the barbed wire and, and kind of, it seems like there is good access because I have two access points or actually three access points I can come in, but I don't know how I'm going to get in there and without doing damage, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. I gotcha. Yeah, that that can make it difficult, but if you do have somewhere where you can just get in a little higher, something just glass, or maybe even do a hang and bang, you know, a hang and hunt or something, get in there and just do an observation sit. But yeah. it is it is tough, you know, hunting mornings. I won't lie to you. You kind of want to stay in bed, but I I agree with you. You know, you get 10, 10 hours away from home, you're spending all this money. It's like I don't want to, like, shoot it right down the tube, you know. You want to be able to go out and, and at least feel like you're doing something, you know. All right, I'm going to have to take, like, a – 20 foot ladder set it in the bed of my pickup truck with some binoculars so i can see over that bank or something there you go there you go <laughs> or just go get a diamondback truck cover so you can stand on the top or put something like that on top of it yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah well cool man um yeah so i see also see with you guys are doing these video casts for rise as for the rise on youtube is that right yeah yep so what what are you guys doing what's your plan with those and and what are they basically uh, so right now we're kind of just doing it to create more content, keep our viewers up to date with what we're doing, where we're hunting, you know, and it's, it's kind of something we're going to do primarily in the off season, not so much during the season. Um, because we're a seasonal hunting YouTube page, I guess you would call it because we're, you know, semi live. So, you know, we're, we're dead focused on our segment series, you know, whole, all the way through the hunting season. And then we can do those video cast series in the off season. So that way we can produce content, you know, throughout the entire year. I gotcha. That's a good idea. And, and it gives you some FaceTime too, because, you know, it's, it's a lot different because you guys are doing it in the studio. I, I've been watching a couple of them. You guys have been doing it in the studio. So you can kind of get more of your personalities out there instead of like whispering in a tree, you know, so exactly. people can relate a little bit more and you can elaborate a little more on different things that, you know, you might not be able to during the season within hunting and everything. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. We were, uh, we were joking around the other day in the studio, we were just filming another one and we were talking about, you know, it kind of feels a little awkward, you know, sitting in front of the camera and, and talking and, and we were joking around saying, you know, these are the kids that, weren't in drama class in high school or in middle school and and we didn't want to be in front of the camera we were out hunting deer and now all of a sudden we have to get in front of the camera and like try to act like <laughs> happy and like you know what i mean it just yep it's, it kind of feels goofy but in the end i think it's pretty good stuff and people enjoy watching it so we like doing it for sure man well cool i uh i think we're gonna wrap this up here soon I, i've got a couple more questions for you last episode i did a did an episode with Chris and Casey. We had some listeners submitted questions, and there were some couple good ones. So I want to run a couple by you and just get your get your answers on them. So okay. the first one is: if you had seven days to hunt throughout the fall, only seven, when are you taking time off work, and when are those seven days? Are you going to break them up, or are you going to do them all seven in one time? Ooh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I remember that question actually. I, I heard that. Um, I don't know. Um, I think that. If you had seven days to hunt the whole year, I mean, if, if you're able to, I would probably save them all for the rut. Um, I mean, if you're going to have seven days, go to one spot, then you can be going to one spot of, you know, for example, like big timber in Ohio or, or something, go in there every single day and do some rattling in the rut. I think that's probably 
the best odds you're going to have at successfully killing a big buck compared to a couple days early season, a couple days middle season, a couple days late season, I guess. So I would say I would put all your chips in one pot going going in the rut and, and hunt seven days. That's what I would say. Yep. All right. All right. So if you had one call to take in the rut, you know, whether it be rattling antlers, bleat, you know, whatever call for deer season, uh, what would it be and why would you do that? Ooh, that's tough, man. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd be in between a, a grunt call and rattling antlers, but I, I guess I would probably say rattling antlers just because there's been so many times I've, I've grown that deer and they look at you and they keep going, but, <laughs> yep, but, but uh, sure. you hit them with the antlers and they're coming for sure. And if you had one state to be able to only hunt in for the rest of your life for whitetails, what would it be? Well, definitely not Michigan. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I would have to say I'm, I'm learning Missouri, Iowa. I don't know. I guess I haven't hunted Iowa yet, but what I can see just driving around, Iowa is just the holy grail. Yep. That's that's kind of what I would say, Iowa. Well, hopefully I'll have uh, a better answer for you this year. And so, like you said, your buddy Matt is going to be hunting there. I'm going to be hunting there for the first time this year, and I'm super stoked, so I can't wait. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I got I got one point, so I'm a few years out. <laughs> yep, there you go. Well, good deal, man. I want to, uh, you know, thank you for coming on and doing this. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your Monday to do this, and uh, and uh, maybe we can stay in contact. And I'm I'm trying to trying to do a, a series this fall where I want to every week get a guy or two on for like 15 minutes just to see where they're at you know if you're in missouri or something like that I give you a call and say hey where's the rut at where what's the deer movement like and it's kind of like a little deer report in a way so i might uh, i might hit you back up this fall sometime and see if you want to do that yeah man that'd be awesome especially you know me in missouri matt in iowa we got nick's gonna be in kentucky ryan's in illinois you know we got guys back in michigan we're just our team we're all over the midwest so that'd be great for sure, man. We'll stay in touch. And uh, again, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.